when people are adopting a new system, right, especially a technology, um, they are creating a new habit, right? And so I often talk about habit before process. So making sure as management, whether that's you, the owner, um, or whoever your leadership team is, that we have a designated person to check in and make sure that they're doing it. Are you a consulting business owner seeking a better way to scale to your next million in revenue? Accelerate Sales Podcast features other experts who have cracked the code to predictable revenues with proven sales systems that quickly increase revenue and get you on the fast track back to doing what you do best. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. So excited to have you here. You're going to learn three key things today. One is the challenges that agency owners face in scaling. And the second thing is how to solve those. And the third thing is how do you change habits in implementing complex systems that help you scale? So if it's your first time, welcome. And if you love what you hear, please subscribe so you can get more into your feed. Also, if you're a regular, you know what I'm going to say? That's right. Please do an iTunes review. It helps other people like you find the podcast. Take notes by um, all means, but there'll also be a summary in the notes. You'll see it in your podcast player. And you can also go to the website, paulhigginsmentoring.com, and you can get the full transcription as well. And I'm going to look down from time to time because today's guest gave so much value. So when I do that, I'm still listening. I'm attentive. It's just me trying to capture knowledge for those show notes for you. So today's person on the show is uh, someone that's very close to me. Um, she's been a wonderful member of our community and she's worked with over 250 agency owners and she really knows the stuff. And if you've been following her on LinkedIn, uh, you'll know how good she is at communicating, getting inside the head of agency owners. And if not, I recommend you do that. Once again, the link will be in there. But what I'll do now is hand you over to Juliana Marlander from Scale Time. So fantastic to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, well, look, I know we go way back and uh, we spend a lot of fun times together. So today we're going to share some of that fun, but also all of your great thoughts around accelerating sales and in particular, accelerating sales for someone you're about to mention in a moment. So who is that? Who are your ideal clients? Who do you love to work with? Um, so, so far, I think after working with 250 plus agencies, I would say they would be it. Um, <laughs> it's I, a pretty I good indicator. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're they're a pretty fun bunch. Um, so, and, and I would say, um, as far as agency owners go, right? Like, I mean, now we're, we're starting to see, um, especially with the pandemic and everything, you know, and people diversifying their revenue streams, um, agencies with like a SaaS slant or agencies with a, um, digital, you know, product and, or, you know, course slant. So, so they're starting to diversify, but I would still stay hard and true to, to my agency peeps. Yeah. And then, you know, I know that agencies is a massive um, driver of the economy, is there any particular types of agencies that you like to work with versus others? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say mostly marketers. So everyone who's doing kind of um, digital marketing, uh, video production, um, creatives, design, branding. So um, 
you know, usually on the marketing end of things, um, you know, because there's other types of agencies as well. Um, there's insurance agencies and real estate agencies. Yeah. Um, but um, I would say um, agencies and then most of them are doing some level of digital. Okay, great. And what are some of the biggest challenges, opportunities that you help them solve? Um, so mostly when agencies come to me, they're trying to, you know, break that kind of seven figure plateau or like there's weird 1.3 kind of, you know, like, like they've made it and now they can't, you know, increase, um, or like five or eight figures. And, and usually what that means is that there's, um, there's a change in the organization, right? And so either the agencies are at capacity. Yes. And they're like, oh my God, we can't do this anymore. Like, you know, um, you know, people are burning out, whether it's themselves or their team, um, and and or they're rejecting sales, which is like super disheartening. I mean, it's a sexy problem to have, but it's an awful problem to have because there's just so much money being left on the table. Um, so you know, so sometimes it's it's that it's the capacity issue. Uh, sometimes it's it's clients, right? Um, you know, they they have like a is it like a four a.m. alarm clock like all day long going? You know, they they can't go to the bathroom without getting a text message. Like, um, and so you know, or their team members just want to you know like break the computer if they get um one more request for you know from a big client and the inbox is like dinging and pinging. Um, so. You know, we see sometimes there's client challenges and, and when there's client challenges, it, it's often um, symptomatic of a few things, right? Uh, like it could be their client onboarding, um, how we're setting up expectations, how we're delivering on promises. Uh, you know, it could be the account managers. Um, there might not be a, a systemic way of dealing with clients. And so it's a little bit of Lord of the Ring. I mean, Lord of the Flies and everyone's doing their own thing. Um, and... And so, you know, really kind of setting their systems up so that all of the customer journey and the touch points um, are on brand um, and delivery is fulfilling on the promises that sales are making. Right. And so there, there's that communication and the client like knows what's happening and they're not asking like, hey, what's next or hey, when is this due? Um, and so so that's really important. And then also there's quality. Um, quality is a big deal and, and quality can come through, um, you know, things like finishing up projects on time, um, you know, or making sure that the team is performing well. Um, and so that, you know, ranges from a whole slew of things um, in the operations, right? Starting with like, you know, what kind of project management are they using? Are they using project management? Um, you know, I've I've dealt with some figure agencies where the owner's like, yeah, my management system is in this great notebook, you know, and stickies and and you know <laughs> numbers or whiteboards and um, which is which is great and that might work for an individual, but it doesn't work when you're having a collaborative team and people are trying to understand, you know where are handoffs and, and how do things need to be completed and what does completion look like? Um, what are the expectations? So all that jazz, um, you know, and then lastly, it's, it's on the team side, right? Like yeah. how do we create systems for teams and everything from, you know, how do we recruit the right talent, retain them, develop them? Um, you know, how do we make sure that we're not churning and burning, um, you know, people, especially good people. And, and also how do we make sure that we're not at, risk of losing someone um, that's really great because they have all of the intellectual knowledge of the the business and they leave and then poof, 
there goes your your business, right? Like, um, and and sometimes people will hold on to individuals way past their expiration date because they're so afraid of letting them go because um, they're kind of holding the business hostage or that division hostage. They know everything that's going on, um, or at minimum, they're doing things, and the owner doesn't have to jump in and do it, right? So, yeah. so there's there's everything from like um, the customer side, the customer journey, um, you know, employees and making sure that we have operational systems for them and then measuring those systems, making sure that we're measuring the processes um, and, and we've got, you know, performance happening at every level. Yeah. Now for those that are listening and you haven't heard Juliana speak before, she is incredibly intelligent and she has got a mind that just goes a million miles an hour. So we're going to take a little break and we're going to just go back to a couple of key things there, Juliana, because like it was it was funny. I was smiling because these are all the things that I saw when we used to sell sales technology into agencies, right? And you just summed it up perfectly. So uh, it was a really good summary. I want to dive into a, a couple of them. So you talk about project management software and, you know, some people have notepads and, and some are others. Like for you, you know, what are the things that work best to get adoption of, you know, whether it's a project management tool, whether it's a sales tool, you know, get adoption across the business? Because we're all individuals. We all like to do it our own way. How do mm-hmm. you get people to adopt one common system across across an agency? Um, Buy-in. <laughs> so first of all, um, I think forcing a system upon people um, is really hard. Right. And, um, and I think understanding and especially sales organizations, um, right. Like salespeople, you know, and I love you guys. I love you dearly, but you hate to be in the system. Like, like you're the worst. Um, but you know, usually with teams, it's, it's a breaking that like, this is how we've done it. Um, and it's working, um, quote unquote, right. Cause it may not necessarily be working all that great. Um, and, and it, and it's really interesting, right? Because sometimes you've got legacy teams, teams that have been doing something away forever. Um, sometimes you have, you know, a culture clash between like, you know, here's the old employees and the new employees. And if you're scaling quickly, right, it's, you know, it's like, how do we make that? Um, and it could be the culture. Um, and, and resistance comes in all sorts of ways, right? It's, you know, I, I, I joke about, you know, there's like the bratty resistance, like, I don't want to do this. And then sometimes it's the ennui, this is so boring. Um, and sometimes you have people who are like, why? Like, this isn't part of my job description. Like now you're, you know, kind of making me do something. Um, and now I'm going to have to spend twice as long doing my job because you're just making me do some admin, you know, BS and, um, it's it's really important one to to make sure that the team members right and cross functionally whether they're employees or contractors or you know whatever your team makeup looks like nowadays um, that they understand that this is going to help them do their job better and easier and it's going to free them of all of the minutia that they hate doing um, and actually elevate them to do things that are more inspiring in their job. Um, and eventually, right, because sometimes people are afraid, like, oh, my God, this thing's going to take over my job, right? Like the bots are taking us over. Um, and so we want to make sure that they first they have an understanding that, like, we're doing this for them. Like this isn't some, you know, office space thing that's happening um, that we really want them to to enjoy their jobs. And we're trying to make their lives easier. And then two, um, have them 
cooperate um, and collaborate and what that new process can be. Because oftentimes the people closest to that job um, know it way better than you do, right? Yes. Like um, like you're trying to get reporting and data and information and, um, you know, you're trying to streamline your stuff and, and you're really high level, but the actual process itself, it's being done by the individuals who are executing upon it. So, so getting ideas of like, hey, um, what's working, what's not working, um, you know, what would you like to see? Um, and then that way people are invested in that process um, and having a few champions in the organization that are really going to, um, you know, sing the praises of this thing is good. Um, it's almost like an internal PR campaign of like, hey, this is awesome. Everything is awesome. Um, and and getting people to to use it, training them on how to use it because not everybody – and, and not all the tools that we use are intuitive. Uh, I mean, I'd like them to be, but, you know, and some people have different learning curves when it comes to technology. And then afterwards, you know, really um, making sure that people are doing it, right? Because um, <laughs> um, I, I often joke, right? It's like sometimes you have to train them, you know, and you have to make sure that they click the button. Like if they don't click the button, the thing does not work. Um, and, and so as much as you can automate reminders, um, because when people are adopting a new system, right, especially a technology, um, they are creating a new habit. Right. And so I often talk about habit before process. Um, you know, it takes anywhere between 28 to 45 days to build a habit because most people are going to screw it up. Right. Like it's not like it's a perfect thing. Like, oh, it's 21 days. To no, no, you're going to screw it up. You're going to have to start all over again. You're gonna go get right. So um, so making sure as management, whether that's you, the owner. Um, or whoever your leadership team is, that we have a designated person to check in and make sure that they're doing it um, and that they're, you know, and, and positive reinforcement to those who are doing it so that they keep doing it and that others can see that there's a tipping point of people doing this and using it and, you know, um, and also reminders to those that might be lagging behind. Um and, and in that really is, is adoption. I don't know if I spoke for too long, but it's just adoption becomes such a huge deal when it comes to um, taking on a new technology or a new process. And, and for bigger organizations, you know, there's teams dedicated to change management. Um, in smaller organizations, we don't really think about it like that, but we go through all the same stuff um, and making sure that you can have your team adopt something as quickly as possible is going to A, make their life easier and B, like now you're going to be able to actually get the efficiencies that you're looking for. You're going to be able to create the capacity that you want um, and then go and get more clients and make more money. So more money, you know, raises, everyone's happy. That's, yeah, that's look, my whole... totally great. And, and mm. you know, I've been like, you know, when I was at Coca-Cola, we implemented SAP, right? And to be honest, and at the, the flip, like you said, you know, I've gone and implemented a new sales CRM into a, an agency of, you know, five people. And to be honest, the, you know, it, it's <laughs> not really too different, like, because you, you've got to change one person at a time, right? So you've got to, like mm -hmm. you said, you've got to get everyone on board and you've, and yeah, that habit change and the mindset change you know, is the hard bit. I think, you know, often the technology implementations are the easy bit. And, and as I said, at, at either of those extremes, it's, it's very similar. And, um, you know, a, a system can't build a, a way of doing work, right? The great thing these yeah. days is it's so much easier to adjust it. Like with SAP, it was like, you know, great company, German base, but it was like, if you don't do it this way, and by the way, mm -hmm. you've got to set it up 
12 months in advance, right, of how you think that mm. system's going to work. And then when you get to it, users are like, this doesn't work, right? Mm. And it's too late because the decision was made 12 months ago. These days, it's a lot easier. But, but I'd love to know, you know, when we used to do it, we do it in workshops, right? Have everyone together, et cetera. Now, you know, I, well, you will tell me in a moment, more and more people aren't together. They're, you know, together in spirit, but physically mm -hmm. all around the world. How has that impacted your ability to do this change management and do this habit change when you're implementing um, new platforms? I think, you know, whether you're using Zoom or video technology, it's it's really easy, actually. It's I think sometimes it's way easier than it was, you know, doing things in person. And you're talking to someone who has been using, like, used to use WebEx and beta. Um, <laughs> this is like this is a long time, you know, of training people how to use technology. Um, and and I think being able to um, and and especially like if, if your organization is bigger, you might do rollouts like, you know, with different teams. Um, but, you know, it's it's really easy to get people on on a call and then do like an initial, hey, you know, we were thinking about doing this thing. Um, you know, what do you think about it? Like, what are the issues? What are, you know, how do we make the process better? Duh, duh, duh. Um, you know, sort of that buy-in call. And for those of you who are like, oh, I don't want to do the buy-in call, um, even if it feels performative, do the buy-in call because you want their buy-in. Um, it's going to save you so much time in the long run, right? So, so definitely do that. Um, and then you're probably going to have one or two people start implementing the thing, right? And then whether you're doing it in stages or whether you're doing it all at once or, you know, and then testing it before you go live, um, you might, you know, have like a testing meeting of like, hey, let's do this thing or, you know, let's like, like if it's a sale, um, it, you know, if it's a CRM, it's like, hey, we're going to pretend we're, you know, let's let's move a prospect through the pipeline and see what happens. Um, you know, if you have integrations, you want to test those integrations, right? Like if your CRM is connected to your proposal um, software and and that's supposed to work, um, let's make sure it works um, before you've got a big deal on the table, <laughs> right? So um, that's really important. Um, you know, if, if you got integrations with payment systems and things like that, like you want to make sure that all the things are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and then afterwards, if you're training the bigger teams, um, you could do small trainings. Like it doesn't have to be 20 people in one Zoom with one training. You can do individual trainings um, with different team members as needed, right? Because especially in an organization, not everyone is going to need all of the same features, right? Like a manager may not need the same features as someone who is executing on the thing, right? But the person who's executing may not necessarily need to know how to pull reports or, you know, um, customize a dashboard, right? Like they just need their view. And so understanding how um, a person's job um, reflects the features and the views um, that that is necessary as a user. Um, you're going to have different sort of user interfaces and, and understanding that is also probably part of the learning curve that is like, hey, how are you going to use this? What is useful for you? Because um, different positions will require different uh, needs. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, uh, I know often we used to try to pick the the hero, you know, the internal promoter, the person that was really enthusiastic. Mm. They were going to help other team members. How do you go about identifying that um, that key person? 
well, you know, we're looking for here. We're looking for an implementer um, at skill time. We call them your gladiator. Um, you know, it's the person who's going to go and <laughs> war it out. And um, it's usually someone that has a um, a technical inclination, right? Like, like you don't want to put someone who's non-technical because that is probably not going to work very well. Um, and so you're looking for someone who has a technical inclination and is really close to that position, right? So like if you're looking to implement a project management system, um, you want a project coordinator, um, a project manager, someone in ops like doing that, right? Because, um, if you have someone in sales, right? Like you want, um, an SDR sales development rep or someone who is close to that or sales manager, sales trainer. The reason why is because at the end of the day, once they implement it, they're going to own it. And, and so, and that ownership is huge. Um, I've known people that sometimes are really reticent to, to do the implementation, but they're the ones most apt to actually go ahead and do it. And then afterwards, like, <laughs> it's like, no one can touch their system. They're like, no, and they're not following it. And da, 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 this is that, right? So sometimes that, um, that hero isn't before the implementation happens, um, but it's a byproduct of implementing it. Yeah. And, and, and do you, you know, like when we're in corporate, we'd have a, you know, we'd have the people using it and then we'd have a, a key user that was responsible for whether it was, you know, training of new updates, et cetera. You know, how does that work from your experience with the clients that you work with? Yeah. Usually our, our organizations are smaller, right? Like we've yeah. got anywhere between like five to 50 employees. Um, and, and there's, you know, and we try because this doesn't, most organizations in that range don't have someone who is sort of an implementer or change manager, um, a hero, uh, right? And so we designate someone to do that, right? And so that way, when they're owning the system, they're the ones getting the notifications, they're the ones getting the update, they're 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 probably, they're like the superpower user, they're bought in, um, they get it. And so if they see something that's like, oh man, this would be cool. Um, they're the most inclined to actually create updates. Now, um, one of the things that I will caution um, individuals around is not getting too trigger happy um, on creating changes really quickly because um if you have something that's working every single time that like you're adding to it. Now there's some things that are really easy to implement and then other things that then you have to retrain the team and then change the process, change the documentation, right? There's, there's a whole trickle effect. Um, and it's really easy, um, to start messing something that's working. Um, you know, <laughs> like, um, and I have found that the people who are most likely um, to mess up a process that's really functioning well are founders, not employees. Right. Yeah, because they go into optimization mode, right? And I am so guilty of this. I'm like, oh my God, there's this new feature that we're all going to start using it tomorrow. And um, my ops manager is like, yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> Just like stop messing up my stuff. We've got like twenty million things in the pipeline. Like you're you're not messing this up. She's like, we can do that next quarter. And I'm like, um, yeah, but- yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I've got like a, a parking board now. I've got uh, mm-hmm. you know all my ideas, all my my things that I, I wish mm-hmm. for. And now we've got a we've got a ninety day plan. That if it's not in a ninety day plan, it doesn't happen, right? So and you need that. Correct. <laughs> you know, I need yeah. I need those boundaries, right? Because you know, I'm 
I'm like you, I've got a million ideas a minute and it's like, okay, you know, like, yeah, I've read an article, mm. listen to a podcast, let's let's do that. So mm. I think that's a, a really powerful point. And um, one other topic that I want to talk about before we go into the speed questions is, you know, I, I love reading your LinkedIn posts. You know, they're absolutely mm. entertaining, fantastic, um, and really talk exactly to the agency owner and their problems, right? So, you know, how do you... Um, yeah, I don't know how you're going to describe it, but, you know, why are you so good at, at getting to the heart of what the founder and their team is really finding, you know, because that's the reason why I love reading mm. your LinkedIn post. Um, I think, well, one, it was it was trial and error, so so I don't think I, I, I came out the gate being all that great. Um, <laughs> I was just kind of like, I don't, um, I still, um you know, have, have a hard time considering myself like a good writer, um, which is just my own mindset and stuff. And then hopefully, you know, five years from now, I'll listen to this podcast and be like, ha, that has shifted. Um, that story no longer exists. But I, I think it's that I just really listen to my clients. Right. And, and once, and, and I'm really good with pattern recognition. Right. So once something happens, you know, um, and especially, um, if it's happening a lot, right? Like right now, there's so many people um, having challenges with training, right? Like training is like my big thing that I'm like tackling right now. Um, and I just um, and I just finished training my dog too, so like I'm really in it from like all different sides and dimensions. So um, super well behaved. Um, I'm so excited. But and and so I think it's like the relevancy and and being close to the client, right? Yeah. Um, and and even now with as as I've been hiring consultants this summer, um, I get to hear the client through through the client's ears, through their ears, through my ears, right? And so that just um, makes me, you know, I'm in the conversation. And so I think making the conversation as tangible as possible. Um, and also there's, there's a reason why they call it growing pains, right? Like it, it is painful. It is hurtful. Um, and, and then operations for most people is just really effing boring. Right. And so like, I think like as much fun as we can have with it, um, to, to give people the opportunity to see themselves, um, and in others and recognize that they're not in this alone is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also being able to give actionable, like micro steps to, to fulfill on the things that they're having issues with is, is an honor um, to be able to do that. Yeah. Great. And, and I know you, you, you know, you're very consistent. You create that great content. So we'll put the link to, to mm -hmm. Juliana's uh, LinkedIn profile in the notes. So please go check that out. But uh, I know that we've been sort of working for a while in a community mm -hmm. to support each other with LinkedIn. Have you found, you know, what, you know, what's been the change for you while you were doing it by yourself versus, you know, getting the support of a community to, to help you with LinkedIn? Well, I was just going to laugh because you were like, oh, you're so consistent. I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. That's only because of you. Um, the consistency has nothing to do with me um, and has everything to do with you and the community. Um, like, I'm, I'm so grateful for for our pod because, um, one, it, it keeps me accountable. Like, I'm very good with public accountability, right? And so, like, being accountable to myself, eh, not so great. Um, but being accountable to others... And, you know, 
that is a huge thing. I mean, that's why like with, with clone yourself, like we do these peer cohorts because people just tend to move faster and better. And the learning curve is so much greater. And like, that's something that I find in your pod, because not only do I have that accountability, but I can also learn from others and see how um, they're doing things and what they're experimenting with and what they're writing and how they're writing and how they're speaking to the audience and what they're finding relevant. So there's just so much um, like amazingness to be able to be part of, you know, a group of individuals who are trying to get their message out there. Um, And it's just so fun to collaborate with you guys. Yeah, yeah, great. And look, we really appreciate because I know you're always a trailblazer and you're always trying something different, which is great. And then everyone gets the benefit from that. And as you say, you get the accountability piece, et cetera. So it works really well. So before we go into those speed questions, I just want to talk to each of you about my pulse check. So what is it? It's a fundamentally, it's nine questions that you can answer in three minutes to really work out, have you got the key sales questions answered to accelerate your sales. Now, a lot of you say, you know, look, Paul, you know, sales, I I do it, but I don't really love doing it. And I know Juliana helps a lot of agency owners with that. But what we've done is said, well, these are the things that do work. And, you know, it's just you benchmarking against those things. Have you got it? And often, the great news is if you've got gaps and you fix them, then sales becomes a lot easier, right? It's like anything in life. So just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse and you'll answer those nine questions. And at the end, I'll actually have a call with you where we can talk about the benchmarking in the gaps. It's not a sales call. It's a benchmarking call to help you to accelerate your sales. So, Juliana, are you ready for the speed questions at the end now? Yes, let's do it. I know, and I know you've you've been practicing. I know that. So, so the first one is: What are some of the daily habits that you do to help to accelerate your sales? Um, so, right now, part of the daily habits because I'm growing a sales team, so it might be a little bit different than individually. Um, individually, I would say you know check my CRM. That's really important because um, you. I don't know if, if I can't remember what I had for breakfast, chances are I'm not going to remember like the 20 million people that I speak to every day. Um, so checking my CRM is really important. Um, and now it's having a sales scrum every morning with, um, with the guys um, to make sure that, um, cause I have two guys. So <laughs> to make sure that they know, um, you know, what's up, what's the follow up, you know, what are their stats and that they're um, checking the CRM as well. Um, and that they're doing their follow up. So is that like a stand-up? It is. It's it's a it's a stand-up with um um for sales. It's like a fifteen minute super quick like let's go. Yeah, brilliant, great. And look, I know that you're you're the queen of technology, and you know you described some of that in our in the the podcast so far. But what are some of the tools that you use or the tech you use to accelerate your sales? Um, so right now I am using um, Zoom for sales calls. Yeah. Um, I am using Copper um, because of its integration with Data Studio, um, which I like for my marketing stats. Although I also recommend for those of you out there who do not have Gmail, um, I'm also a big fan of Pipedrive. Um, I think it's really great and I love their inbox. Um, and I am using Grain. Um, which is a 
a video technology that allows you to record and annotate um, as well as review uh, audio um, and video. So it connects with Zoom. And what that allows me to do is um, QA, do quality assurance on the sales calls um, to figure out what is missing or what is necessary, what can be elevated, what can be highlighted um, for the sales team to help increase our closing rates. Yeah, and look, I'm, we're a huge fan of Grain. We've had Mike on the podcast, which we'll put the link into the show notes, and he is a sponsor mm-hmm. of, of the podcast as well. So a big shout-out to you, Mike, and the team because it is a, an absolute wonderful tool. Yeah, I'm – Yeah, sorry, you go. I was gonna, No, no, I was going to say, Mike is amazing, their team is amazing, and um, the app is just phenomenal. Like, I'm such a huge fan. It is legit my favourite, and I am, like, the tech – like, like I, I test so much technology. Um, It is my favourite app of the year. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Mm. Uh, so the next one is, you know, you're always learning and, you know, you're a voracious learner. Where do you go to to get more um, more knowledge to help you accelerate your sales? Um, for sales, well, one is you because you are always awesome and you are always on top of everything. Um, so, Paul, you, you, you kind of hit that. Um, recently, um, I have um, – I'm part of a program – um, that helps you train um, sales individuals. And, and that program has been just phenomenal for me. Um, and, you know, and they're always recommending books and, you know, and, and things of that nature. And I think I've bought like, um, I don't know, five different sales courses since I've been an entrepreneur. And I'm always trying to keep on top of sales because um, the one thing that no one ever told me when I decided to start a business was that I had to become a salesperson. Um, and I was like, great, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and I don't know why, but that was like such a huge blind spot. And I think, um, increasing your sales skills as an entrepreneur is, is always should always be on docket. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and are you open to, to sharing who you're working with? Oh yeah. Um, so Mike Mark has a company called, um, uh, coaching sales yep. and, and their program is called, um, scale your sales. And, and that's the program that allows, you know, they basically help you do recruiting and they also, um, train your team in terms of like sales specifics. Um, and they've got great trainings for the team, like how to handle objections and how to do all this stuff. And then as a founder, they've got training so that you know how to better manage your sales team because um, it's really easy to screw up a sales team. <laughs> like there's so much um, there's so much mindset and drive and things that you need um, to make sure that they're on top of and statistics and all that. So it just um, I want to make sure that I'm doing the best job I possibly can to set them up for success. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, we'll once again put the links to um, that that program in the show notes. So the last question is the big one, and that's why I leave it to the end. So what's one thing we can all take from your interview today to help us accelerate our sales? Um, so the one thing that I would say is um, – definitely listen to more of Paul's podcast. (laughs) And the other thing that I would say is to make sure that um, when you are building um, your sales habits and that you've got your sales 
infrastructure in place um, as you're growing um, not only yourself, but your team, right? Um, and we've got a great diagnostic for operations. And one of the first things that we do is we kind of audit, like, what does your sales process look like? Um, and that's called the scale map. And, you know, we go 360 around your um, different, you know, teams and divisions and all that jazz. It doesn't matter if you are like a team of one or a team of 50. It's really helped um, individuals at every point of maturity of their business, but especially that sales process piece, um, making sure that you've got your habits, um, you're putting in the right team and you've got the right systems in place are going to massively help you increase your ability to sell more. Oh, that's brilliant. And uh, we'll obviously have the link in the show notes, but you can go to bit.ly. So it's bit.ly forward slash scale systems with an S. Is that correct? That is correct. Beautiful. Well, you can go there right now, or obviously you can go and check in the show notes as well. So look, Juliana, I really appreciate you being a member of our community. You uh, just, yeah, got so much energy, which you've displayed again today in this podcast, and you're always at the forefront of what's working. You always share that as well. So I really appreciate that as a member, but I also appreciate you coming on today and sharing your wisdom. And once again, we'll have all the links so you can find out more about Juliana. But uh, yeah, just wonderful knowing you and and uh, it was really great to have you on the, the show today. Well, I'm so excited to be on the show and I'm so excited and honored um, to be able to share with your community as always, Paul. I really love that episode with Juliana and I hope you did as well. You know, she's just got so much knowledge and you can tell she just wants to share it. <laughs> and we uh, spoke at the end that, um, you know, she, you know, is, yeah, she's so enthusiastic and she's got so much information. So if you're not following her on LinkedIn, please go and do it. Also, you know, what are the key things I took out? It's really about that change management of systems and how important it is to do it. And she gave you some brilliant examples. Um, you know, reach out to her and, you know, share some of the challenges that you're having as an agency owner and she'll definitely help you out. And LinkedIn is the best place to do that. Also, there's the show notes, as I said, which, you know, will be the key summary and then you can always go and get the full transcription. And why don't you share it? So if you know, you know, 5, 10, 15 agency owners who could get value from this and get value in following Juliana, please share it with them. They will love you for it and they'll consider you their sales hero. Also, if you want to understand those nine key questions, just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse. Please check out other solo shows as well, which Juliana kindly spoke about in the podcast. And please just do one key thing. That's please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.